Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're here with Chris Van here from Penn Lincoln Strategies. We have so many things to talk about. Um, but the first things first... When I t- when I communicate with you about coming on the show, you're like, uh, we got to make. I was like, when do you want to come on? I said, well, it's got to be when when Tommy is coming, and then we just got word from Matt that Tommy's truck is broken down, and you can leave if you want. You want to leave and then I, come back on another day. The only reason I leave is to go find Tommy and bring him here. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I put him a. I I I don't do social media enough, and I put a picture because uh, Attorney General Tong was here the other day and we went out to Tommy and got some breakfast and I just posted the picture and uh, people are like oh that's Tommy and and so he's got a little bit of a following so we'll try to work on it, see if he can come a little late um so first of all how you doing I'm doing great how are you yeah you got two young kids one turns eight next week that's, that's exciting crazy and a two and a half year old not that's exactly a- how it's planned when you turn 45 this year but <laughs> I mean, I, I'm 52, so I'm a little older. But if if I, I don't know if I can handle energy wise. I mean, I know being an older dad. I mean, it, do you find a difference this time around as opposed to your first one? You know, that's a good question. I don't think that I've noticed a difference necessarily. But the energy, it's certainly a young person's game, right? I mean, the two year old is constant energy from the minute he gets up to the minute he goes to bed, and the seven year old, almost eight, is no different. Um, but I'm probably a better parent in my 40s than I would have been in my 20s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's good and bad, but sure, we're just, you know, constant fog of the entire. So on my list, I have, you know, your, your outing with Murphy at the Yukon Hoops. I've, um, I want to ask about Connecticut politics on Moss, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the budget, Lamont third term, Republicans in Connecticut, EVs, aid and dying in healthcare. I have a ton of crap to talk about. Let's go. And we also quickly... We were talking off air about parenting. We're in two different phases. I have teenagers, you have young kids. And then the story, just real quick, of The Sopranos came up. Not only are you embarrassed for me that I haven't seen it, but the whole putting snippets of it on TikTok. Clearly, they're trying to get a new generation to like The Sopranos. But it's kind of weird to take a a show that's in one-hour episodes and reduce it to less than a minute. Yeah, I don't remember how many seasons Sopranos was. It had to have been seven or eight or maybe more of one hour episodes today's you know younger population that lives on tiktok isn't going to sit down for that kind of commitment i mean you won't even sit down for that kind of commitment. So, <laughs> but it's not because i'm a tiktok <laughs> mindset but you're right i won't but but 25 second snippets does not get to the greatness of the show that is the sopranos you cannot possibly build up the character engagement that you get by watching the Sopranos. but yet somehow that's the way they think they need to go well i imagine that that's where the money is now right it's just crazy. I, I worry. I mean, how has technology been in your house? Because I, I talk about this all the time, and I am absolutely 
frightened about the next generation. I told you I didn't bring it up in my in my any of my talks this morning, but I just read an article that uh, you know there's tons of stories about kids not making eye t- contact in job interviews. We know that not showing up dressing like not appropriately for job interviews, but also bringing their parents to interviews, which is great. I'd not heard that. Yeah, it's that. happened. And but how is technology? Is it a tough battle for you? Uh, it's getting there because the almost eight year old, uh, you know, he's we've let him start playing video games a little bit, and so he wants to do that all the time. And they're fun. Uh, of course, they're fun. I like playing video games yeah. with him. Right, they're a good time. Um, you know, and sometimes some screens show up probably when they shouldn't. But as a parent, it, it's certainly helpful. We're cautious about what they get to watch. A lot of Daniel Tiger in our house, well, and they can self sort of self play. Yeah, right. They can sit there and yeah. watch Daniel Tiger, which is basically Mr. Rogers for today's kids, and it's a fine show. And you know, the older ones getting into Star Wars, which is also fun for me. Yeah. So, right, you you revisit gotta, some stuff. Yeah, right. Like that's part of the fun of having a seven-year-old boy is you get to be a seven-year-old boy again. Oh man, we used to put make Lego starships and oh, turn the lights off stuff. and put on the theme song and run around <laughs> smash Legos. I mean, I loved it. You know, obviously, stuff that you have a direct interest in, you can't necessarily speak to. You got the legislative session coming up, yeah. and you know, for me, the most interesting story for me right now in terms of legislation, I kind of like this electric vehicle story because I feel like the the whether it's the governor or the state just felt like, you know, they just would just, hey, we're doing this and nobody would, would say anything or do anything. And I feel like there was actually a groundswell of pushback from both parties. And I feel like if the Democrats bring it up, it might blow up in their face. We'll see about that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anybody tried to do it without the public knowing it went through the process and ultimately failed. Right? It didn't get voted on, so it wasn't. It was like it was. Uh, but to- I think it was. They felt it was like going to be a rubber stamp. I mean, I feel like they're surprised by the pushback. You don't think so? I don't think so. No. Um, you know, once it's in this process and the regulatory process uh, is different than the legislative process, it's not the same as passing a bill through both chambers and going to the governor's desk. It's a long, drawn-out process that includes a lot of technical stuff that goes into doing this. The truth of the matter on the EV thing is that Connecticut either has to adopt the EPA regulations or right. the California regulations, right? We're not in a position where we don't – we just go, you know what? There's do a pull-out there that says right. that people don't like it, so therefore we're not going to do it. So I think what they're trying to figure out now is what's the best way to do it for Connecticut. I don't think people will – and again, I'm an independent, and obviously, you know, after nine o'clock, it's a pretty conservative station. But I don't think the average person with the with the barrier of entry of price, infrastructure, I don't buy because you can build it out in ten years. I don't think that's a huge problem. But I think if you go with California, I think there will be massive pushback. I do think people are not ready for that kind of commitment. Yeah, and I think that the the education on what this is going to do could could probably be a little bit better. Um, it isn't that you can't drive a combustion power. You just vehicle. can't buy a new gas powered vehicle in the state. Right. At, 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 but the regulation was 2035 or 2036, yep. right? And yep. so, I mean, that's 14, 13 years down the road. That may require the state to make some decisions before we get to that point. But it isn't that you have to give up your Ford F-150 today. Correct. Right? And, and I think that there was some confusion out there about, oh, if we do this, you, only have to, you can only have an EV car right. or you can't have anything. And that yeah. just isn't true. And, and you brought up the, the electrification and stuff. That is a concern because in 10 years, it doesn't necessarily mean that the rural parts of the state are going to be able to be electrified. The grid is already struggling with it. And right. We, I think we lucked out a little bit overnight with the storm. I know there's some power outages, but it could have been way worse. Correct. But if you lived in the northwest or uh, north, you know, quiet corner of Connecticut, you know, that's not ready to have a major EV push. Do you think they'll legislate it? And do you think, what do you think will happen? 
I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the rumor is that they're going to try to come in for a special session before the actual session starts in February. To do this specifically. That's what they're talking about. I think that, you know, again. Why would they do that? Because Connecticut has to do something. It's a short session, right? Session starts on February 7th or yeah. 8th and only runs to May. Um, this issue obviously is a huge issue. It's uh, controversial on both sides of the aisle. And so I think if they're trying to get this done, trying to avoid it taking up a month of a very short session, probably makes some sense. Um, but I think they're trying to figure out what makes the most sense for Connecticut right now. We're talking with Chris Vandyhoof from Penn Lincoln Strategies. What other issues you think will be, in it? like you said, it's a short session. They tweak the budget a little bit. You know, there's the usual suspects in terms of topics that seem to die in committee. Uh, what, what, what else do you think is important for people to know about going in? Yeah, I think that the state budget looks really good right now. But, you know, what it's going to look like in 24 and 25 or 25 and 26, um, we might start seeing it come back a little bit. I think we're, you know, in, in the $90 million surplus or maybe even higher. Um, you know, so I think they have to start making some tweaks for fiscal year 25 and 26 to make sure that we don't head back into the red. But it's been a few good years on uh, in the in the black on that. Um, you know, there's going to be a, a uh, a lot of, uh, I think this EV thing is going to be a big issue, to be honest. I think it's going to take up a ton of time. Really? Um, you know, there's always issues. Uh, the- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One of the issues I'm big on that the Supreme Court's talking about right now is uh, public notices being published in newspapers, right? I, I represent the Newspaper Association. Towns and cities across the state have tried for years to move those over to their town websites and not pay to put them in newspapers. Um, you know, budgets are always looking to be cut in towns and cities, and we totally get that. But uh, this issue comes up every year, and I fully anticipate it coming up again this year. Hmm. You know, newspapers. Then, I mean, that's that's another conversation. We don't have necessarily time for it because I I have to. But I mean that that business. I I am so focused on local journalism. I try to highlight the work of journalists all, every day here, like in the morning, Joe way. You know, that's what I do, and. I mean, they're just trying to, but that's like that's like desperate retention of revenue. Like, I mean, the model is still not fit. I mean, we don't know how to handle news in local municipalities in 2024. We just don't have enough of it. Yeah, I think that that's accurate, and I think that it's going to get even worse if if newspapers get pared down even more. And do you? That's funny. I didn't even think of, about that. That's something that will be legislated or dealt with in in this session. Will. Yeah, I mean, it's it's come up. I, this is going to be my twenty third legislative session up there. It's been uh, an issue that's come up every year for twenty three years. Hmm. You know, I the are there any other issues that you're directly involved in? So I know what. Like for me, we got to take a take a break here. But I mean, to, we had John Morris from CT Insider. He wrote a piece on aid and dying yesterday, and I, I it's really a morbid topic. But it it seems like 
and I have elderly parents now, it, it seems like something that actually, I used to be so dismissive of it, you know, because we grew up with Kevorkian and all this other stuff. <laughs> but I think it's something that like, especially if there's border states that do it, it, de- it deserves probably a full, a full look. I don't know. I don't know why we, we, Connecticut wouldn't take a full look at it. Wednesday morning with Chris Vandyhoff from Penn Lincoln Strategies, talking about a whole whole bunch of different things. You know, before we get to, uh, I want to talk about Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel, but I also want to ask you one more political question while I know we have time. I have other ones to, to talk about. Do you think Ned Lamont's going to run for third term? Well, that's the that's the $10,000 question, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Uh, it's funny you're here to have an opinion. Well, I'm here to eat breakfast, but now the food truck's not. <laughs> I know so. Tommy. So we heard from Tommy. He's at home because his his truck broke down. He had to give all his food to other food trucks. So um, really, Chris, Chris's reason for coming is now over. And I, I I mean it when I say he's like, "What time's breakfast?" That's when I'm coming in. Uh, you know, obviously I had Tong in the other day. I've I, I've you know Luke Bronin. You know we have Sean Scanlon. You know even. Josh Elliott, I mean, Aaron Stewart, even Stefanowski implied that if it were an open seat, he might consider it again. There's a lot of people waiting on this, and I've gone back and forth. Are you telling me, are you equivocating because of your job at the Capitol? I'm not equivocating for any other reason than I don't know. I mean, here's my instinct, right? He's the governor. He's the most popular Democratic governor in the country. His approval rating is around 62 63%. Uh, by all accounts, the the citizens in the state of Connecticut like this guy. Um, they think he's doing a good job. Um, and if that were me, I would probably really consider a third term. However, you, uh, believe- being governor isn't an easy job, though, and he's successfully completed it for almost eight years now. And so, do you believe in the third term curse? I don't believe in the third term curse. I believe in the curse of doing dumb things in the third term. But um, you know, I don't. I don't think there's a curse to a third term. I think that if he wanted to run again, he probably gets reelected and would continue doing what he's been doing so far. I mean, he's been the, he's been pretty much the same governor since day one. I, you know, my opinion. I, I always thought you know he's got a lot of money and you know he's he's he can go out with having really uh, reputationally, like you said, really popular. Why spend another four years grinding it out? But then you see the budget projections. Even though it slows down, it's still in the black for the next four to five years. His wife's enjoying his her work, and he seems to like the job. Yeah. And so it seems like a low risk proposition. And the the outside of Stefanowski, I mean, every which pretty much everyone else is young enough that they can wait. I mean, I, I, I when I talk about Aaron Stewart, she could wait eight years and still be young. Yeah. You know. So sure. I I don't know. Now I think he's gonna run. Yeah. I we'll see. You know. I mean, that's the exciting thing about this year, right? Is that we're coming up to gubernatorial and a. Or no, uh, presidential this year, and then a gubernatorial after that. So we're starting to head into the the heyday of politics. It's going to be a, an interesting year. I wish Connecticut was a little, a little more relevant nationally, but it, it, it is what it is. You know, you're a media watcher, right? And we talked this morning. Matt and I actually vehemently disagreed on the Aaron Rodgers appearance yesterday on Pat McAfee. I I felt like he just he 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 equivocated. He I basically. He implied bringing Jimmy Kimmel and Epstein, putting them together, he implied there was something there. All he said yesterday was that I never said that there was something there. He didn't take away the implication. Right. So, but um, you're pretty fascinated with this this McAfee emergence from a sort of a loudmouth brash punter to a, one of the highest, he's one of the highest paid people in the country when yeah, it comes to media. What's his contract? Media. $40, 50000000 million? It's 85 total, 85 I think. Total? I think he's, got, he's all in for $85 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. Do you watch it or do you listen to it? I have it? it on in the office sometimes. I think he's entertaining, right? And his takes on the NFL certainly are 
the best I think anywhere in the in the business. The show's entertaining. What I don't understand is you have the Aaron Rodgers stuff as it relates to Jimmy Kimmel and Epstein, and who knows what ends up happening with that. Probably nothing. But then he comes out after that and he takes a shot at his bosses at ESPN. Seems like a little bit of an unforced error, but I don't know what they do with it. Well, I mean, I think that that's a, a lot of media watchers are really interested because, you know, I'm not going to bring Norby Williamson as a private citizen. He's not asking for this. I've always had good, good interactions with Norby. I worked at ESPN and I talked to him several times since. So I know he's very powerful, but he's, he's never been. It, there was one time I wanted him to hire me and he didn't, but I, I mean, I've been not hired a lot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I don't hold it against him. I think the problem is, is that I think that McAfee knows that if ESPN drops him, whether it's F at Fox Sports or whoever, like, or as Matt pointed out, if he just goes back to YouTube, he's going to make his money. For sure. But is he going to make $80 million? I mean, unless they fire him for cause. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get his money. So I think he's in a power position. But then I go back to ESPN when, you know, it was always the culture when I was there was always like no person's bigger than the network. I mean, they let Dan Patrick walk. He's ama- amazing at what he did. They let Oberman walk. And, and th- there's been a, a long sort of, Back, if you're not with the program and you want more money, that much more money than everybody else, then you can go. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he stays. And he obviously McAfee offended like one of the most powerful people at ABC and and Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I I just don't find him that. And I don't understand really what's so appealing about the show. I don't really get it. I think it's different than what everything else. Just because he wears a tank top and stands up. Who is he sponsored by on the tank tops? By the way, I don't know. Got to have a tank top sponsor. <laughs> I don't see any logos on it. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, but let me let me ask you a question. So, if you're McAfee and you're a little outrageous and that's sort of your your stick, uh-huh. and maybe ESPN or ABC is telling you to chill because of the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, how do you, as an announcer that has a big following, work in those confines, or do you try to? blow it all up so you can get out of those confines to keep doing what you're doing. I think we learned a little yesterday. For me, I'd be a coward. Like, and not because I preserve my money. Is it, it, It's just hard. I think it's that's the, that's why I have a little bit of respect for it. Like, it's hard to go against the man, right? right? But by, by having Aaron Rodgers on yesterday and letting him talk uninterrupted for five minutes shows you that he's, he's siding with this guy Aaron Rodgers and he's not caring what – you know, he, he, what I said, and from a free speech perspective, I'm all for it. Like, if you have to kowtow to, to, to Disney and the other standards and, and compromise what you want to do, and he's got the guts to stand up for it, like, I'm all about people who have guts to stand up for it. And so for me, yesterday was him saying, You want to do something about it? It's sort of like Belichick with the Patriots. Like, if you want, to, if you want me to go, you got to fire me. Yeah, and they should. And at the risk of alienating all of my Jets fans' friends, enough of Aaron Rodgers, too. I mean, can we just move on already? <laughs> You're a Bengals fan. Yeah, enough of Aaron Rodgers. Let's move on. I mean, you're, but let's have you... Joe Burrow on every Tuesday for five minutes. <laughs> I don't think he'd be very interesting. Yeah, that's 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 your fault, not your problem, not mine. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk some more shop here in a minute. Here with Chris Vandia from Penn Lincoln Strategies. Do you even have an office, by the way? Yes, we do. You do. Twenty One Oak Street. And my big thing with the new mayor of the city of Hartford. So, Rune, if you're listening. We have to change the name of Oak Street to Jump Street so that my office is at 21 Jump Street. That's great. All right. So, Arunan, I'm going to be in touch. Let's get to work on it. Luke wouldn't do it for us, but let's yeah, get But you get tried. Well, Arunan seems like he's game for a lot, so that's really funny. Chris Vandia from Penn Lincoln Strategies. So, I, you know, I don't get out much. You get out a lot. Like, you, I mean, being a lobbyist is like cocktail party center. You're always out having a drink with somebody, having a coffee with somebody. Having, like, that's your life, right? I mean, that's sure. Is it? It kind of is dry January, notwithstanding. But are you totally? Are you doing it? Damp dry, damp. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, 
<laughs> Misty. So I, I, I talked about last Friday. My wife was away. I was like, screw it. I'll have a beer with dinner. And then I, I avoided temptation on Saturday. Sunday was a huge temptation with snow and football. Yeah, right. And I didn't drink on either day. And some people, I, a couple of listeners and a couple of friends were like, well, you're not doing it. And because I'm giving myself a hall pass for my book club too on the 19th. Yeah, of course. But like, I mean, if you can modify a little bit of behavior and do some reflection, I think it's good. That's good, right? Okay. All right. So, what did you call it? Moist January. <laughs> moist January. Did you call it misty January? Yeah. I like misty it's, better than moist. Yeah. <laughs> moist is not a word that people really like. So I'm I'm with you there. Hey, I wanted to ask you. So I don't get out get out much. I got an invitation to go to UConn basketball. I hadn't seen the men since I moved back to Connecticut in 19. You know, I lived here from, you know, 98 to 07. And so I went, I had ridiculous seats. I don't want to mention who I went with because I don't know, I don't have permission to talk about it. So, and then I'm walking into the Excel Center and you're a pretty recognizable dude. You're a pretty big guy. You get the dome, the shaved head. You know what I mean? Like you're a unique looking guy. You're a good looking guy, but you're, you're noticeable. Okay. Right? You accept that? Sure. Okay. So I see you, and then I see Senator Murphy, who you've known for more than 20 years. Yep. And, and it just got me thinking. I, I gave a cursory hello because I didn't get the welcome sign to come say hello. And I also I feel like he deserves time to do his thing. Like I, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk to me on a whatever Friday or Saturday night. So my curiosity is he's not like an A-list guy. It's not like Taylor Swift showed up to the UConn game. But at the same time, he's a sitting U.S. senator. Right. Like, can he go to a game and have a beer and chat, or is he getting accosted all the time? No, he doesn't get accosted. Um, you know, there's a handful of people that like to yell Trump whenever they're around him, which is interesting for some reason. They just yell Trump. Um, a lot of people come up and shake his hand, say, I voted for you, appreciate that. Sometimes, you know, we get to run into old friends. We just ran into to Nancy Wall and, and hadn't seen her in a long time. And so, like, you know, something like that is great. Um, but, you know, like, there's a lot happening in the world right now. And so people will come up and give their thoughts about what's happening with Israel and the Palestinian issue or what's happening in Ukraine or guns or all the things that he's working on. But he's got to he's got to honor that if someone comes he, up, he's, he's got engages. Right. And, you know, and I haven't seen a situation that gets uncomfortable. He's really good at engaging and then yeah. getting himself out of it. Um, Does he still have fun, though? Can he enjoy he has it? a blast, right? I think it's a lot of fun. He doesn't get out much either, right? I mean, he's either in D.C. grinding away or when he's back in Connecticut, he's on the road in Connecticut and, and visiting with constituents. And so uh, he reached out and said, let's go to the game. We did. We had a great time, and uh, I think it was a lot of fun. It's a good way to kick off the Christmas weekend. That's cool. I mean, I, I, I saw him once. What's that market? Uh, Matt, what's the market that I always talk about in, in Hartford that I love? Parkville. Pa- what Parkville Market? Yeah, yeah. He, I saw him getting takeout for his family one day in the summer. Like, I mean, I think that kind of accessibility is really cool. And you know, regardless of politics, a lot of people, listeners here, have you know issues with Senator Murphy. But and and that's about Connecticut's interesting because it's small, but he's still one of a hundred in the country. And I, I asked you off, Mike, because I feel like Connecticut politics are almost too chummy. Like it's even like I don't know. And you think I'm wrong? I just think that any silo that your is your work world is chummy, right? You're chummy in the media world, chummy in the political world. Like you, you know the people that you work with. Day but they're not day like, out. hey, we got all these billions of dollars. We'll make sure everyone gets taken care of in some way or another, and then the citizens have no idea. I don't know what that's in reference to, Brian. But you know, I know the people that I work with, just like you know the people that you work with, and maybe not even just at this station, but at other stations and in TV. I mean, you came up in television media, right? We yeah. were talking about how you bounce between TV and radio. And- yeah, and I have great relationship with, like, we talked about Dennis House, right. you know, and he was an enemy, you know, competing for a while when I was on TV, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, so you don't think it's too... And so that my other question is new business. Like, how do you... 
how do you compete for new business in your because a lot of people don't know what you do right it's kind of sort of like this mystery of like lobbying like how does that happen like you know, you focus on what the legislature is up to or what the governor wants to do, and then you you go out and you, you mine the the various industries that these issues may impact. Or so you, know, you go after them. Sometimes, sometimes they come after us. I've been doing it long enough now that I do get some phone calls from folks who have heard that we do a good job, and that's great. Um, you know, but you have to you know lobbyists spend most of their time sitting in very long, boring public hearings and reading lots of information, right? Whether it's bills that have been proposed or information about your clients or information about potential clients or businesses or industries, whatever it might be. And so the more information you have as new things pop up in the legislature or out of the administration, then it's an opportunity to make a phone call and see if you can get somebody on the roster. If you don't get done or get the bill through that they want, is that a fail? I mean, how are you judged on success and failure? Uh, it can be. Um, you know, the rule of thumb is it takes three or four years to get a brand new idea passed. Um, so, you know, it takes a while to educate 187 members of the legislature. It takes a while to educate the apparatus that is the administration, regardless of who the governor is. Um, so it can be considered a failure. But most folks who are, are in the in the world of hiring a lobbying firm to do something understand this isn't a snap your fingers to get things done. Um, we, we're not, I mean, I, I, you should just come in for a whole show because I have so many other things I want to talk about. We Can do, we have breakfast? Yeah, next time I promise. Chris Vandia from Penn Lincoln Strategies. We're over, but I want to ask you, in, in general, you know, the state, you've been here through the lean times. You've had a, how many governors? I mean, you go back to Roland, right, yep, basically? Yep, how do you feel like, forget about the personal politics and who's doing a good job or bad job, how do you feel like the state of the state? I think that the state's doing really well right now. I think that the... Uh, Coming out of COVID, I think we came out of COVID probably as good as, if not better than just about every other state in the country. Uh, we've used the ARPA funds, I think, wisely and need to continue using them. Um, the fact that we sent kids back to school in the fall of 2020, I'm sorry, 2021, yeah. uh, was great. A lot of states did not. I have family in Maryland, they did not. And I think it caused some arrested development. Um, and so, you know, I think that we're, we're doing fine by all intent and purpose. I, we have to figure out some transportation issues, right? Gridlock is a problem. The roads are a bit of a mess. But um, all in all, I think the state of the state's really good. Rest of development's another show that I haven't seen. But I'm it's, told I, I have to see. We're, we're, I'm going to come back and we're just going to talk about the shows you <laughs> okay, haven't seen. I know. And maybe I'll get going. We'll do an order of what I need to do. You know, which one's first and which one's, you know, fifth. We'll do a top five shows <laughs> that I haven't seen. It's always great to see you. Uh, best to your, your, your wife. And, and congrats on the family. And we'll, we'll talk again soon. Chris Vandio from Penn Lincoln Strategies. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.